0: This is Women of Grace Live, discussing issues important to your life and faith. Spiritual insight, practical wisdom. Join us as we transform the world one woman at a time. Women of Grace, for such a time as this. Now, here's your host... Johnette Williams.
1: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Williams, very happy to be with you today. Love spending this time with you Monday through Friday as we discuss issues of importance to your life and your faith. Looking forward to hearing from you today, as I do Monday through Friday at the same time on this same station. So do pick up your phones and be at the ready to give me a call here, 833 288 Again, that's 833-288-3986. That is the toll-free number for you to use and call if you're in North America. If you're outside of North America, we welcome you to use this number, Country Code 1-205-271-2985. Again, that's Country Code 1-205-271-2985. That toll-free number for you here in North America one more time is 800- Two 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 eight eight. 3986. (laughs) Just give us a call here today. Looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, We've got Charles Berry on the phones today. So when you call in, be sure to give Charles a big old howdy hey. He is in for Matt Gubensky today. Our social media guy today is Michael McCall. So be sure to give him a little hello when you put your question or comment, insight, inspiration, or word of encouragement in the chat feature there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and facebook page rich jesse producing for us what a delight and pleasure it is to have him Uh, doing all of those button pushing and lever movings right there in the control room on the campus of EWTN. looking forward to hearing from you today. Do want to share with you some of the things that are going on in the Women of Grace world. I generally do that at the top of the program there. That way I make sure that I get it in. (laughs) Sometimes we just get so busy here, right? We can lose track of all of that and I don't want to do that. Uh, So let me go ahead and share with you some of the big things that are coming up soon. I'll tell you, we've got lots going on. Uh, This Saturday, not tomorrow, but the next day, oh boy, it's coming up. Uh, Jack and I are going to be at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church there in Boca Raton, Florida, for a a, a one day marriage retreat. And I'll tell you, Jack and I are very busy getting ready for that. We're very excited about it. We'll be heading out of Alabama tomorrow to fly there. Uh, And I just know it's going to be a beautiful day in the Lord for all of the couples uh, that will be gathering there, including Jack and myself. So we're hoping that you're planning on join us, joining us if you're in that area. I know that we've got people that are driving in from uh, other places within the state of Florida. Uh, we invite you to do the same if you're anywhere near Florida. I mean, you can even drive across Alligator Alley. I'm, I guess that's the way that you would get uh, from the uh, West Coast to the East Coast there. Uh, we would love to have you there. Uh, all of the information is available for you at our website. I don't think it's too To sign up, but I'm not really sure. But give it a try. Let's see. St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church presents a marriage retreat day with Johnette and Jack Williams, thriving in marriage in a post truth culture. Thriving in Marriage in a Post-Truth Culture. A very interesting topic, and I've kind of been working with this theme in a number of talks that I've been giving, uh, you know, through the course of the end of last year and into this year. Uh, We're living in a post-truth culture. That is not a a term that I have coined. Uh, I first heard it from our CEO and chairman of the board, Michael Warsaw, at a radio event last year. And he talked about the post-truth culture that we're living in. Actually, it was probably a year, two years ago, now that I think of it. Uh, The idea being that we're living in a day and a time that is not governed by the immutable realities uh, we're living in a day and time of relativism where we believe that we can make up our own reality. We can make up our own truth, that your truth is not my truth, which is, you know, contradictory to the very definition of what truth is. Truth is something that is immutable, that it is unchangeable, that you can't make it something other than what it is. But we're living in a day and time that believes that we can. Uh, that believes that you know we, we can we can uh, develop our own moral code and and live by that and be happy and fulfilled. That that we can take our personhood and modify it in some way through mutilation and make us something other than we are. Well, this is all craziness. I mean, it really is craziness. And I think that so much of what we see the decline of of uh, of, of of the. Uh, typical social structure uh, that has shaped and formed civilization from its beginning, the, the decline of that, the, 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 the tearing asunder. Of the the very fabric of, of uh, Western civilization, all of that is a sign of this. And you can see that it doesn't lead to unity; it leads to division. And don't we see that on every single level? I mean, we see that within our church, we see that within governmental agencies, we see it within the uh, you know the the, the uh, you know political environment in which we live. We see it within our communities. It's divisive because you cannot tear truth out of that which which is the understanding and the worldview that we hold and expect for it to move along swingly. Uh It's not going to do that. So we're living in this mess. So how is it then that a marriage can thrive in this? How is it that we can become those signs and witnesses through our marital covenant, for those of us that are married, uh, for priests, through the, the the vows of their ordination, through uh, consecrated religious, through uh, their vows that they take? Uh, you know, How is it that, that, that all of this can, in some way, uh, be the impetus for a restructuring, not according to the will of man, but according to the will of God? Because it's only in God's will that we find fulfillment. It's only in God's will that we find happiness. And so this is an important theme. So, uh, you know, this is the theme for this marriage retreat, Thriving in Marriage in a Post-Truth Culture. Uh, It's a heavy topic. We're going to lighten it up. I mean, well, it's just impossible not to lighten it up when Jack's around because he's a funny man. Uh, So there's going to be, you know, just an opportunity for... Fellowship and for conversation, uh, for for talking about important things, but doing so through, uh, you know, th- that 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 savor uh, that comes by uh, social discussion, uh, social intercourse, basically, for us talking, uh, uh, you know, uh, with each other about these important things and finding that path finding that path that leads to the fulfillment of what marriage is meant to be and how it's meant to be for us personally as individuals but how it's meant to be within the context of the day and time in which we live so it's going to be an important discussion uh you know it sounds really heavy I know uh, but as I say it's 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 uh it's it's there's going to be, some really aha moments, I think, and there's going to be uh, some some laughter too. Uh, I remember once Mother Angelica, she was, oh my gosh, Mother was so cute. Uh, she called me into her office, and this was early on in my life here at EWT, and I was very serious about everything that I was doing. <laughs> and why shouldn't I be? You know, I, I, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to be presenting and interviewing and doing all of these things, and this is really important because what I say uh, can have an impact on people's lives. And so, sometimes the the weight of that, you know, uh, wore heavy. Uh, so I think that my demeanor was one of very very serious intent, right? So mother called me into her office one day, and she sat me down, and she says, you know, we just opened the discussion there and, with chit chat and pleasantries, and you know, how are you doing, and what's going on, and that kind of a thing. And the mother said, you know, she said, you know, Jonette, she said it's okay once in a while to smile on television. It's okay to laugh once in a while on television. And I said, oh, Mother, we discuss such serious matters. She says, I know. She says, but you know what they say, a little bit of sugar helps the medicine to go down. (laughs) And it's so very, very true. So we'll have all of that there in Boca Raton, Florida, this Saturday at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church. All of the information's on our website. You can register right there. Don't wait, though, because this is, you know, we're two days away. (laughs) So just uh, giving you a little bit of insight there. More to come on the other side of the break. I have chit-chatted my whole way through. these.
0: The Women of Grace phone lines are open, 1-833-288-EWTN. 1-833-288-3986 one well, 3986
1: Welcome back, everybody. So happy you're with us today. Here we are on Women of Grace Live, where we love having holy conversation with you. I'm encouraging you to give us a call here, eight three three two eight ewtn That's eight three three two eight eight three nine eight six. 3986 Looking forward to hearing from you. Your questions, comments, insights, inspirations, words of encouragement are always welcome around here, uh, so please do get in touch with us. Also, available for you out there on social media, EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page gives you that opportunity. Sure does. There's a chat feature there. It is there for you to place your question or comment, and we will retrieve it. We have Michael McCall doing the retrieving today, Charles Beery manning the phones, and Rich Jesse producing the show. You're there. I'm here. We're all together. (laughs) Let's use this hour to our best advantage. I I was sharing with you some of the places that I'm going to be, and I, I got all caught up in telling you about this Marriage retreat this weekend. Uh, but I am also going to be at Our Lady of Victory Catholic Church there in State College, Florida. And I'm going to be there uh, on February the 16th, which is a Friday. I'm going to be presenting to the parish that night. We're going to be talking about this whole thriving in, 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 in as Catholics uh, in, in a post truth world at that event. So thriving in marriage in a post truth world uh, at, at the marriage retreat, thriving as Catholics in a post-truth world at this evening uh, at our Lady of Victory Catholic Church in State College, Florida. The evening begins with Stations of the Cross. I'm going to give a talk. Uh, It's going to be followed by Confessions and Adoration. What a wonderful thing. Uh, So, so very important. And then on Saturday, the 17th, again, right there at Our Lady of Victory Catholic Church in State College, Florida, I'm going to be presenting to the women. It's going to be a Catholic women's conference. It's a one-day event. Begins with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass in the morning. We're going to feed you a light breakfast and also at lunchtime a a nice light lunch. And uh, my morning presentation, Who is Woman? Our special call and mission in a challenging world. And then in the afternoon, okay, so what's the mission in the morning? In the afternoon, it's executing the mission. How do we live it? It's Steps for Success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, an acronym. You'll find out all about that acronym when we come together there at Our Lady of Victory Catholic Church and State College, uh, uh Uh, Pennsylvania. Eager to get back up there. I've been telling you, you know, I'm a Penn State grad, haven't been up there for many, many years. So, um, you know, I am eager for us to be able to do that. So all of that being said, here we go. Give us a call. 833-288-EWTN. Picked up a little book that I have sitting here on my desk. It's The Secret of Mary, uh, by St. Louis de Montfort. It's a wee book. It's it's not a very big book at all. Uh, you can order this through. Uh, I'm sure that we've got it at EWTN's religious catalog, EWTNRC.com. It's published by TAN. and And the page that I opened up to really, I think, sits very nicely alongside of our topic on thriving Uh, in this post-truth world in which we live. And this is really right at the beginning. Uh, It begins with, you know, there's an introduction there. And then chapter one starts off right, you know, out of the gates with reminding us of who we are and and what it is that we're supposed to be about. And St. Louis writes, and he titles this, Our Sanctification, our sanctification. You know, if we're going to be a sign, if we're going to be a witness in the world in which we live, we have got to be holy. That is the the, the absolute fundamental reality of our existence. God has created us in his image and likeness to be his image and likeness in the world today. And so St. Louis writes, and uh, let me just give you a heads up. I don't have my glasses on, so I'm hoping I don't stumble through this, but it says this, uh, faithful faithful and living image of God. Now, this is how he's addressing us. (laughs) Isn't this an amazing thing? This is how this saint is addressing you today. Take these words for your own. They are for true about you. Absolutely. It says, faithful soul, living image of God, redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It is the will of God that you be holy like him in this life and glorious like him in the next. That's his plan for you. People often ask me, well, how do you discern God's will? Well, let's start with what the the reality of his will is all about. It's about your glorification and sanctification. It's about uh, you being holy in this life and being glorious with him in the next. The saint writes, your sure vocation is the acquisition of the holiness of God And unless all your thoughts and words and actions, all the sufferings and events of your life tend to that end, you are resisting God by not doing that for which he has created you and is now preserving you. Wow. Those are great big words, aren't they? These are not little words. And when I read these words, I mean, they strike at my heart. I am being addressed as the faithful soul, living image of God, redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you that indeed, I can give assent to one part of that description, redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I would examine my conscience. Am I truly a faithful soul? Am I truly a living image of God? That's who I'm called to be. And then, of course, the saint goes on and he reminds us and and, and specifies this again, telling us that, you know, my vocation, your vocation, our sure vocation, our sure vocation. Isn't that interesting to use that word there? Our sure vocation is the acquisition of the holiness of God. We're to be about the business of acquiring the very holiness of God. And then he goes on and and he gives us a conditional. and, and, And that conditional is the way in which we measure ourselves against that royal pronouncement of who we are and what we're to be about. Are all of our thoughts, words, and actions, all of our sufferings, all of the events of our lives tending in that to that end. What a good examination of conscience. I can honestly attest to the fact, publicly confess, that I don't always live up to that. I'm going to sneeze. Maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, on a daily basis, I fail many times. What about my thoughts? Are they holy thoughts? Now, does that mean that I have to be thinking about the glories of heaven every moment, it's not possible. We have to attend to the tasks at hand. But am I holding captive every thought? Am I capturing every thought and tending it to the glory and honor in God? For example, when I am working, am I doing so cheerfully? Am I striving to put 100% of myself into it for the glory and honor of God? when a thought comes into my mind, that might be an unkind or an uncharitable one. Am I making that captive? Am I arresting it, so to speak, repenting on the spot and trying to think of something nice about that person or the situation or striving to see God in that moment. Am I really doing that? Am I, and am I, am, am I really cooperating with God's grace through actions of the will to discipline myself to move forward and the ultimate call that is supposed to be mine being a faithful living image of god and tending towards his will and the glory that is meant to be mine in everlasting life that those are big questions you know and i think sometimes we just skip by them and say oh that's too much for me maybe you're saying that right now well, this lady's nuts. I mean, who who could do that? Well, I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't ask us to do something for which he's not giving us the grace to do it. The question is, where is our will? Do we want to do it? And if we want to do it, if we truly desire it, are we striving to do it? You know? And I think that, you know, this these the self-corrective measures are absolutely essential. The desire of our heart should be that which governs the way in which we behave the way in which we think the way in which we speak the way in which we live our lives in the community of man in the community of the church the way in which we live our lives in our most intimate and personal of relationships with our family and our dear friends right um i ask this because if we're not willing to do that we're not going to live out that You know, that first word in these talks that I've been giving, the thriving, the thriving in our marriage or the thriving in our church or the thriving as Catholics. We're not going to thrive. No, we'll languish. We will languish. And when we languish long enough, we die. And we certainly might not die a physical death, but we'll certainly die. We'll certainly die a spiritual death and once that happens there isn't no, there isn't any opportunity for true happiness or true fulfillment so strive we must and the thing that you know interests me about about you know what the saint is writing is he's saying this and of course there's applicability to us i think in a very special way there's applicability to us in our day and time but he didn't write this in our day and time he wrote this what 300 years ago. So, such was the case, and such was the reminder necessary for that moment in time as well. And it is the necessary reminder for every day in time and for everyone who's living in that day in time, especially those who call ourselves Christian, because we are meant to be the sign, the sign, and the witness to God, the sign and the witness for Jesus Christ. So um, there you have it. All right. 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. I can't wait to hear from you today. Uh, share with us. What are your thoughts on this topic? You know, I mean, you know, what do you think? Uh, you know, is it is it is it piercing your heart? Maybe a little bit of compunction going on. Is it, you know, starting to cause some retrospection? Um, one of the tendencies that I think that we have, it's not a good one is we point the fingers at everybody else, but we never point the fingers at ourselves. The only one we can control happens to be our own person, <laughs> us, right? So a three three two eight eight ewtn that's a 288 Anna Marie's out there on YouTube. Johnette, how do we make our thoughts obedient to Christ? I don't think my thoughts quite have it. Well, I'll tell you, Anna Marie, isn't this something that we all struggle with? happy to answer the question. I think St. Paul gives it to us uh, in in Sacred Scripture in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. So here we go. And I'm going to just flip there really fast. I think I'm going to flip there fast. <clears throat> One of these days, as I often say, I'm going to get all of these uh, New Testament books besides the, the, the Gospels, which I have, memorized down in, in chronological order. But for the moment, I don't have it quite that way. But in Philippians 4, You know, the saint writes to this little church uh, of Philippi and he gives them some really great insights in how it is that they can truly live the faith that they profess. And he does this in a special way with regard to your question. Isn't it lovely? Isn't it lovely that your question can be answered through sacred scripture? It reminds me of something that the theologian of the last century, uh, Louis Boyer, said. He said, God had us in mind When he inspired the evangelists of old. So God had you in mind, Anna Marie, when he inspired St. Paul to write these words to the Philippians. And what he tells them is this, and he uh, is encouraging them to live according to that which they believe and which that that which they know. And he tells them this and I'm just trying to finally, brethren, here it is. This is the way we do it. How do we take our thoughts captive? Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace will be with you. So this is the thing. And and, and as I said, you know, I used the word earlier, discipline. Discipline. We have got to exert self-discipline. So one of the things that that, that I have learned to do in my own life, which has been quite helpful to me, and I think I first learned this when I was trying to correct my grammar and to get out of some of the bad grammar that I – was it was easy to pick up in in the – Uh, you know, context of of my environment where I lived, Um, you know, as soon as I would say something that was incorrect, like I grew up in Pittsburgh. So, you know, there is no plural for the word you, Y-O-U. You is singular and you is plural. But in Pittsburgh, we had a variation that made it plural. It was called yuns, right? So what are yuns doing, right? Oh, that's awful. It even hurts my tongue to say it that way anymore. But when I was trying to correct myself of, of that bad grammatical habit, every time I would say yuns, I would repeat the sentence with you. So that same kind of discipline can apply to holding captive the thoughts that come into our mind. Every time that we find ourselves not thinking about what is true or honorable, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, what is gracious, what is excellent, Uh, If any time that we find ourselves being critical instead of being uh, looking for the good, praising, any time I would find myself doing that, you know, as I was striving to make progress in my spiritual walk, I would hold that that, that thought captive. I would take it back. And I would replace it with something that was true, something that was honorable, something that was worthy, something that was excellent, something that was praiseworthy. It is the renewal of the mind, which St. Paul tells us about. In Romans 12, verse uh, 2, again, do not conform yourself to this age, but rather be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you may know what is God's will, what is good, pleasing and perfect. When he says renew your mind, you know, renewing something is an action word. It isn't like, you know, just renew yourself. Now, what is the best way to begin this process, right? Uh, Well, I've given you the the idea of discipline. There's another way too. And this way comes by by cultivating in the mind the good, the true, and the beautiful. It comes by reading holy writings, just like we started off with with The Secret of Mary, written by St. Louis de Montfort, Uh, you know, taking taking those words uh, I- into our thought process through the course of the day. This is one of the reasons why we at Women of Grace like to send out our daily grace lines, because it starts you off with something that is, is, is uh, uh, you know, inspirational toward the Lord, inspiring you in, in a holy direction to think about through the course of the day. So reading sacred scripture, reading the writings of the saints, reading holy devotionals, Uh, using these little means that that, that help us like the grace lines that is renewing the mind and then the facility to exercise discipline when that isn't there you know that that's the active the others kind of the passive you put it in and it works on you (laughs) and then you cooperate with that working uh, through your action and through uh, your own um, effort So there you go, it's a both and. We're gonna come back waiting to get your calls. Maybe you have a way in which you can take captive every thought, 833-288-EWTN, give us a call right here. We're waiting to hear from you. I'm eager to hear from you today. Stay tuned.
0: Join in on the conversation. The Women of Grace phone lines are open. One eight three three two eight eight ewtn three two eight eight three nine eight six.
1: Welcome back, friends. You are listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Johnette Williams. Very happy to be with you today. I'm looking forward to hearing from you, inviting you to give us a call here. All of the phone lines are open. And I'll tell you what, you know, Michael uh, McCall is eager for you to contact him through social media. Charles Berrien from Matthew Gubinski today is drumming his hands, his fingers there, uh, waiting for you to call. 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. We're talking about all kinds. Of things today. We're talking about our call to holiness of life and how it is that we're called through that holiness of life to be a sign and a witness in our day and time. We are up against powers and principalities, but guess what? Jesus, Jesus has overcome the world. He tells us, but take heart, I have overcome the world, right? You will have trials and troubles in this life, but take heart, I have overcome the world. When you're pressured, when you're down, when there's so much that's going on, when you think, oh, oh my gosh, what, what, what's going to break loose in this world today? You remember that scripture passage. It'll it, it'll buoy you up. It'll buoy you up. We're going to go to one of the calls that's left for us on our comment line right now, and then uh, our phone lines are lighting up. Thank you very much, and we're going to get you as quickly as we can. But let's go to that first call, Rich.
2: Hello, this is Rod for Arlington, Virginia. My question is about uh, the practice of annulment in the Catholic Church. What is the biblical basis for this practice? What are the scriptures uh, maybe that support this practice within the Catholic Church? Thanks very much. Bye.
1: Well, thank you very much. And I I think that you said that your name was Rob. Uh, So that's who I'm going to call you (laughs) as we move through this little discussion here. Uh, It's an important question to ask. Now, I do want to remind you that nowhere in Scripture does it say that Scripture alone is the sole authority. Actually, what sacred Scripture tells us is that it's Scripture and tradition. Uh, Recall that the Bible was not written at the time of the apostles, the Bible came after, and it was the Catholic Church that determined which were the inspired texts that form the Bible. I point that out to you because one other thing that Jesus said gives us indication that not everything is contained uh, within the the oral tradition that had been handed down. He said that he would send a paraclete who would make all these things clear. Uh, And by that, what he means is that there would be a further development, their understanding would increase as to what his words meant and what the words of the patriarchs meant as well. So, that being said, I want to take you to Matthew's Gospel to, uh, to chapter 19. It says, Now, when Jesus had finished these sayings, he went away from Galilee and entered the region of Judea beyond the Jordan, and large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. And here is this now in the next verse. And Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? And Jesus answered, Have you not read that he who made them from the beginning, made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one. So they are no longer two, but one. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. So Jesus is definitely here giving a prescriptive against divorce, and it was a trick question by the Pharisees, and they knew it, um, because in that day and time, a man could divorce his wife for any reason. In other words, there was no reason necessary. He could just leave her, uh, and, and you know, she burned dinner, and he walks out on her. He kicks her out. Uh, so Jesus, Jesus is, is looking at this carefully, because you see, that, that question is a trick question. Um, what we want to draw your attention to, or what I want to draw your attention to here, is Jesus' last statement that I read. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And that is precisely uh, what the Catholic Church's decree on nullity looks at. Was this a covenantal union in the eyes of God, or was it not? Was there an impediment there that prevented this from truly being a covenantal union? And the church in her wisdom and guidance by the Holy spirit comes up with the criteria that would suggest that an impediment was there. And basically I remember them by the three C's was their consent. D- is this an act of the free will? Did this man and this woman come together freely or was there some kind of of existing coercion involved or sense of necessity i'll give you two examples uh, is this an arranged marriage did the parents choose the spouses that would be kind of a coercive move and the church would look at that did that couple really want to marry each other or were they forced to marry it for to marry for some exterior reason another reason uh that the another uh, ca- situation that would come under that category was did did the woman get married simply because she was pregnant did a dad force a young man to marry his daughter because she was carrying his child that would be a forced union and so was there free consent was there a capacity to enter into this marriage was there a capacity to even make that kind of a commitment you know, uh, were both of them free in the sense of uh, emotional capacity, free in the sense of uh, uh, intellectual capacity? Did they have the capacity? Did they have the capacity to fulfill what the marriage covenant is all about that Jesus specifies there the union of a man and woman in the marital act? Was there a biological impediment that would prevent that or neurological impediment that would prevent that from happening? Uh, Was there capacity, the second C? And the other is, was there canonical form? Did this actually take place uh, before the throne of God? Um, In the Catholic Church, that is experienced by way of getting married in the church, not on the beach. You know, Uh, you can get dispensations, you can talk to the bishop about these things, but that's not the norm. That's why you have to get a dispensation. Um, Not, you know, in in City Hall, that's a civil contract that's initiated there, not a covenantal union. So did the form, the form, the the, the proper uh, uh, spiritual, religious uh, form, official form, uh, from the eyes of God, take place. So those are the three, and and so that is what God has joined together. Did God join this couple together? And that is the question, basically, that is explored uh, in 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 the. Um, you know, by the tribunal when someone applies for a decree of nullity. I hope that ha- helps you. 833 eight three three two eight eight E. W T N. That's eight three three two eight eight three nine eight six. That is the way that you can join us live here on Women of Grace Live, where we love to have holy conversation with you. We have Susan with us. She is in Comac, New York, listening to us Veritas online. Hey Susan, how are you? Hello Jeanette.
2: I hope you don't pick up my accent uh, from Long Island. I heard you talk talking about correct, correcting your English and your language. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll call Jeanette today, but I better fix my accent.
1: Yeah? It's very thick. I'm sorry. Um, Susan, I wasn't talking about accents. I was talking about incorrect grammar. Your, your grammar well, is perfect.
2: Then, oh, I don't know. I hope so. I wanted to tell you, uh, I'll thank you people for all the years. I've been watching uh, EWCN for years, years on uh TV, and then I found you on radio this year. Oh my goodness! I, I was absolutely thrilled. I was thrilled, and well, I want to thank you and your husband, and all the members that are working now, and the deceased members, Father Apostoli, Father Rochelle Bob and Penny Lord. I, you know, I know everybody. <laughs>
1: Yes, you do, <laughs> Susan. You're going back some years there, especially uh, oh, you yeah. know as you dip yeah. deeper into that that list of yeah. people.
2: And you are you are you people are an anchor for people. You know, I we have two dementia patients. Parents we're taking care of now. Oh my! It's so hard. It's twenty four seven. Me and my sisters, but uh, EWTN, you and and the staff are just anchors. You know, and the priests, Father Pacqua and everybody. But anyway, here's what I wanted to tell you. Um, I think I got all have all these books here because of PWTN. I went out <laughs> and bought them years ago. They were in my bookcase. You mentioned the Secret of Mary this morning. Yes. I said, "Oh, I have that," and I have True Devotion, and I found the Secret of the Rosary. Yes. Saint Louis de Montfort. I have that too. I found that. Went up to my bedroom. Uh, the bookcase is a little dusty. The first it was right on top. Secret of Mary. I knocked the dust off of it, <laughs> <laughs> opened it up, and, and as you were reading, I found the page you were reading. So I think I'm going to uh, leave this on the table here in the kitchen and read it.
1: Yeah, no? I think I, I think that that is a real big prompting of the Holy Spirit. The fact that you knew where that book was,
2: <laughs> I and I I you didn't opened realize right it was right it. on top. I ran right up to my bedroom. I said, "Oh, I, I have this book." I just well, you haven't know, touched it in years, I guess.
1: Well, you know, it's it's funny like that. I'm sitting I'm sitting here um, in our study, and I am surrounded by books. I've got, uh, you know, three very big bookcases filled with books, and another bookcase out in the uh, loft area filled with books, and books in front of me, and books behind me, and books on the floor, books everywhere. We can't read all of them, but well, when Jeanette, I have found- do, you
2: have time. You you're very busy. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I am a very busy woman and uh, I read, you know, books to, you know, all of the books that my guests write when I interview them on television, I've read those books. So um, I've read a lot of books. But but some of these books that are the inspirational books, Susan, I, I find in my own life, and maybe some of you out there have found this to be the case too. Colin uh, call and let us know, 288 EWTN. I have found that the Holy Spirit will lead me to certain books at certain times. And sometimes yeah. it's it's not to sit there and read the entirety of the book. It's to read a chapter or two yeah. or a portion of it. And then I'll go back at another time and read another portion of it, you know. He he mo- if 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 we strive to be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, just like you were today, we we find that He leads us to what it is that we need in that moment.
2: I I don't know. I I mean that happened once or twice with you. There was something in the Catechism, but uh, I think it was a neighbor I spoke to, and I'm like, is that slander or what is he doing talking about another neighbor? I went up and we have the Catechism is huge. I found <laughs> something that you know was just what was it, calumny or slander? You know, if you're talking yes. about neighbors, and the next morning you picked that calumny slander out of the uh i'm like oh my god i i I went up and found the one passage in the catechism i'm like i'm never going to find this i don't know what i'm looking for and you mentioned the same thing the next morning
1: isn't that funny
2: yeah i think it was about slander and calumny and talking about people you shouldn't be talking about i was like wow (laughs) <laughs> it was the one passage in the Catechism, and that's huge. The Catechism, right?
1: It's it's, it's huge. huge. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's detracting. I was going to call you last night. Well, you know, it's so funny. I know, really and truly. But this, you know, people say, well, how is it that you hear the voice of God? How does God speak? Just exactly like this. This is one of the ways in which he speaks, you know, and and recognizing that, then you begin to realize, well, God is always with me. He is always about my movements and he's always helping me. Just like you, caring uh, for for your uh, dear loved ones who have dementia. That is a big job. You know, I cared for my mom and, and it is a big job. And it, it's a it's painful a, it's 24/7 job. Twenty
2: four seven, and it's very physical. My, you know, my mother really can't walk anymore. My sister has her up in Suffern, New York. Uh, you know, the, the dementia is severe. But we it, have her home, and my father's in a nursing home, and that yes. that hurt to have to put him in.
1: That's right. You know,
2: couldn't do but, them both. I was taking care of them both here with with help coming in and out for maybe two or three years, both of them in the house.
1: Yes. Yes. And, you know, and, and but listen, you're laughing. And that, and that, and what does that show? It shows that God gives us the grace That's that great. we need.
2: I know. You know? I keep telling it's... my sister that now that she's got mom. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. we'll get the grace. We've gotten it so far. But, Jeanette, I, I'm thrilled. I'm still thrilled with you and EWTN. And I do see you on TV. And you're so pretty. I try not to look because... I look like a ragamuffin most of the time.
1: <laughs> you're so pretty. <laughs> oh, You're so funny. Well, I, Susan, thanks so much. I really right. appreciate you, honey. Right. And thank you for calling and thank you for sharing because you gave us opportunity to help others to understand God's always with us. <laughs> we just oh, have to I reach know. out and grab, right? I know.
2: And you do have, must have the Holy Spirit uh, working through you. And Jeanette, I meant to tell you, you're never, never boring. Oh,
1: never. Thank you.
2: Well, you know, thank you. Nobody will ever say that about you. Ever. Oh,
1: well, thank you.
2: You're very interesting that. and and very well spoken and you're pretty too. So, you right, oh. you got it. You got it all. Oh, dear. <laughs>
1: stop, <laughs> and you stop. You have god.
2: Yeah. Oh, and I okay. love all the saints too. I oh, love yes. them since I was a kid. I prayed to John Bosco, but the Bosco bunch
1: yesterday. So. Oh, isn't that interesting? Oh, my yeah. goodness, it's beautiful. Yeah, I know
2: them all. And all the all the pictures you show at the beginning of your show, is your daughter in one of those? Because I know all the all the women that pop up in the pictures.
1: <laughs> no. Edith
2: Stein, and I know them all, too. Oh, yeah, my so.
1: goodness, Susan. Well, no, it's not of my daughters. As a matter of fact, that graphic was uh, obviously produced here at EWTN by a very creative person. And what we were trying to show is, you know, a... a a saint and then a corollary in modern times. Of course, that was easier with um, uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta. But yeah, that, that's, the, that's kind of the messaging, like here's a saint, you could be a saint too. Here's a corollary, St. Joan of Arc, and here's a woman who's in the armed forces. So anyway, all of that being said, Susan, it's been a delight to talk with you today. And I'll tuck you into my rosary too, that God continues to um, be evident to you as you perform these beautiful, beautiful, charitable, loving actions toward your parents
2: in my book this has been sitting here for a number of years i think it's a tan book the secret of the rosary i read the prayer uh there's a short prayer that's absolutely beautiful on page 82 of the secret of mary
1: oh really okay well i'm open to page 82 here i
2: have it on 82 but this book is probably 20 years old
1: so it's
2: on page 82 it's beautiful say it if you say it out you know over the air or to yourself it's very lovely
1: Well, thank you, Susan. I'm going to look for it. I don't know if we've got the same, um, you know, the same edition, but I'm going to... Is it Oh, Jesus, Living in Mary? Yeah, yeah. There it is. We have the same edition then. Okay, I'm going to read it right now.
2: Oh, good. I was going to read it, but nobody wants to hear the Long Island accent, I don't think. (laughs) So you you read it.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'll read it. I'm
2: praying for you and EWTN too, Jeanette.
1: Thank you, Susan. Bye-bye now. Oh my goodness. Oh, what a delightful, delightful daughter of the Most High God, I'll tell you. So, this is the prayer that she uh, is referring to, and it is, O oh, Jesus, Living in Mary. And this is just so beautiful. Um, o oh, Jesus, Living in Mary, come and live in thy servants, in the spirit of thy holiness, in the fullness of thy might, in the truth of thy virtues, in the perfection of thy ways, in the communion of thy mysteries. Subdue every hostile power in thy spirit for the glory of the Father. Amen. That really is a beautiful prayer and not a long prayer, a prayer that probably is fairly easy to memorize. Uh, And I love this part in the communion of thy mysteries in the communion of thy mysteries. What the saint is expressing there is may your mysteries be alive in me. Um, It's a beautiful way to pray, asking the Lord to take us deeply into the mysteries of his son's life and asking the Lord to make those mysteries live deeply in you. Then we begin to act through them. Uh, They begin to influence us uh, in subtle ways, in ways that we don't know, uh, but in ways that become evident, in ways that we begin to suspect in our own spirit, in ways in which people can notice. I mean, isn't that the key, though, to the spiritual life? That is the key to the spiritual life. This beautiful prayer is, Oh, Jesus, living in Mary. But it's, Oh, Jesus, living in me as well, right? Every time we receive our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity, we're receiving. We're receiving Jesus into our own being. There can't be anything more nuptial than that. We're taking him into ourselves. Isn't that beautiful? And and, and that's efficacious, especially as we give way to it. Uh, through an intentionality of recognition, uh, especially as we open ourselves more and more to it, there is a movement that takes place. Life is in us, and as long as we remain in the state of grace, heaven is in us. Heaven abides in you. Uh, that's that inner cell of your being that Saint Catherine of Siena talks about. You know, this is the this this is the the, the place of union, where God is always with you and that's that's where we want to go when we pray this is this is deep contemplative prayer now just just going into that habitat of god that dwells within us by grace and being present to that right he's always there if we're in a state of grace and the more and more in which we give way to that state of grace, the more and more that we uh, seek to cooperate with the virtues, um, which really requires dying to self. You know, we read about dying to self in the spiritual life. What does that mean exactly? It means giving way to virtue. Because what is virtue? Virtue is an attribute of God himself. So it's giving way of our natural inclination to the reality of God in us. By way of that virtue, that then helps for us to be more oriented to him. And as we become more oriented to him, his life in us becomes experiential. We feel it. We know it. It's efficacious. It moves within us. But it also becomes uh, more effective in the world. There's an outward reality of that that uh, imbues, uh, you know, our, our relationships, the culture, all of it that lifts it up, that lifts it up. John Paul II used to talk about the corporate weight of sin, the communion of sin, and, and the, the devastating weight that that puts upon the culture. And that's so true. We feel that oppression in so many ways and so often, don't we? But here is what God wants to do. Living in us, living through us. Oh, Jesus, living in me. Oh, Jesus, living in me that beautiful, beautiful reality when we're in a state of grace. Oh, Jesus living in me, we meet that weight of sin with grace, which is stronger, more powerful than sin, and it lifts up. It elevates, it elevates the entirety of the world. See, that's what holiness is. That's what holiness is. The powers and the principalities, the oppressive spirits, the obsessive spirits, the harassing spirits, they cannot stand up underneath that weight. And that's what God desires, right? I mean, it's really beautiful who you are in him and who he desires you be in him. And our part is so little. His part is so great. He gives us everything. We just have to receive it and move in it, and let it move in us. So, I don't know. Uh, We started off talking about holiness of life, and we end up talking about holiness of life. That must be the word for us today. It must be. So let's lean into that word, and let us let that word lean into us. Well, it's been great being with you today. Love being with you Monday through Friday, right here on this same same radio station or platform through which you're listening we invite you to join us at 1 p.m eastern time for our television program women of grace always interviewing somebody (laughs) who is very interesting and has lots to say uh, and we try to keep it flowing Uh, so let's keep flowing let's keep flowing in this world bringing the life of jesus christ to this day and time god bless you now we'll be back with you again tomorrow bye-bye now